You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome, everybody, to another QB Power Hour. Today's topic is reporting tips in QuickBooks, and we're going to be talking about both desktop and QuickBooks online. So I'm very glad to have you joining us today. My name is Michelle Long. I'm the owner of Long for Success. Uh, I am a speaker, and I've been a trainer for Intuit since 2007. I first started teaching QuickBooks in 99. So I've been doing this for a while, and I absolutely love it. So I'm really glad to have you guys joining us today as we talk about some reporting tips and tricks. But I did want to remind you, um, if you'll notice there, there's the updated QBO practice set. If you're new learning QuickBooks online, go to Amazon and check out the practice set that we have or some of the other books that I have out there as well. And there you can see the link to our Facebook group for QB Power Hour. We'd love to have you join us out there as well as the LinkedIn group. Always welcome to join us and, and continue the discussion in those groups. Dan, you want to introduce yourself? Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong. I'm owner of Danwith, former Intuit employee for about 18 years in the technical uh, technical support area, uh, so proficient in, in all things Intuit, um, and I just recently edited the QBO for Dummies 5th Edition, which is available on Amazon. Awesome. Wonderful. All right, and then just as a reminder, uh, details about the QB Power Hour webinars. I know we do have some new people. Welcome. Glad to have you joining us. We do these webinars every other Thursday for the most part. We skip one once in a while due to Thanksgiving or other other holidays. Our topics are always on QuickBooks tips. We might be covering what's new in QuickBooks, troubleshooting. Plus, once in a while, we're covering marketing topics, value pricing, third-party apps, and more. But we're always focused on topics that are going to help accountants professionals succeed in your business. Uh, as a reminder, there's the links to the PDFs of the slides and the handouts for the whole year. Those will be in there. The recordings will be updated. I'm working on that this afternoon. And then Dan's got a podcast going. If you're busy, and especially if you're commuting and things, and you'd like to listen to us on a podcast, you're now able to do that thanks to Dan's technical genius. So <laughs> thank you, Dan, for making that happen. I just wanted to remind you all about a few upcoming events. Um, uh, a few upcoming events is the QuickBooks VCon and the Roadshow. If you go to QBTrainingEvents.com, we're in our fall roadshow, if you will. We've just been to several different cities doing the intro to QuickBooks. Now upcoming, we're going to be in various cities doing the core certification, the advanced certifications in some cities. Some cities we have a grow your practice workshop where we're helping you learn how to add like app advisory services, how to work on your marketing, working on value pricing, and that's the grow your practice workshop. We also have master classes available. Two day technical deep dive, like the first day is deep technical stuff on, on QuickBooks, and then day two is all about your practice, and it's uh, helping you create a transformative practice, if you will. Um, so we'd love to have you join us at those. Again, we're going to cities all across the U.S., so check it out. We'd love to have you join us at those, as well as Dan and I both would love to see you at QuickBooks Connect. That's coming up the first part of November, November 6th through the 8th. It's always an awesome deal, and check out, like Southwest has great prices on flights. 
you can fly right into San Jose on Southwest or into San Francisco. So we'd love to see you at those conferences as well. And here's just a reminder of when you go to QB training events, this is what you see in the red box there. You'll see we've, there's webinars, Intuit's offering webinars every single month. There's in-person training, like I mentioned, the road show. And then there's also a virtual conference. Almost every month, Intuit has a virtual conference. And many, if I won't say all, but many of these, like the Grow Your Practice Masterclass, there's a small fee for those. But the others are all free, and you can get free CPE. So check that stuff out at qbtrainingevents.com. So specifically what Dan and I are talking about today, and I love this. Um, so Michael said that when we said reporting tips, he was thinking we were talking about reporting tips like in a restaurant and reporting tips for waitresses and waiters and things like that. No, we're talking about reports that you create and tips <laughs> around those reports. So I, I can see how that could be confused, yeah. <laughs> I know, I see that now and I'm like, oops, that doesn't make sense. Um, so what we're gonna be talking about, and Dan and I are gonna go back and forth talking about desktop as well as um, QuickBooks Online. So we're gonna talk about understanding sources and targets. This is really important for, for your reports and understanding them and things. We'll, we'll share some tips with you on how to control the order of the accounts or sorting your reports, scheduling reports to automatically send with some special tips to help you when you're working with your clients there. We'll talk about adding comments or notes on your, on your reports that you're sharing with clients or that you're using for internal purposes. And then reports from lists and quick reports. So we've got a number of different topics here. And we do have time for some Q&A, so you all will want to type your questions into that question box, and then we'll be getting those as we go along. So first of all, let's talk about understanding the sources and targets. What are these things? Well, just to lay some of the foundation, and then Dan's going to go a little deeper, the source of a transaction, you see the red box on this invoice, the source of the transaction is in the header. That is the header part. You only have one source per transaction, and that source is always your balance sheet account. And when you look at the transaction journal, like if you go look at the journal entry for that transaction, it's always gonna be the first line. So your source is the header, and it's balance sheet accounts, and it's the first line on your transaction journal. As opposed to your um, targets, so we have sources and targets. The target is in the bottom half of the transaction, down there in the lines, or the grid section that you have down there. As you can see on this invoice, we have multiple lines. You can have multiple targets within a transaction. So one source account, but you can have multiple targets, and those targets are how the transaction's distributed in the general ledger. What is it posting to? So sources is your header balance sheet information. Targets is like the detailed general ledger information. You can have multiple targets per transaction. So a couple of examples, if you've got an expense transaction, so in QuickBooks Online, we can enter an expense. Your source is either the bank or the credit card account, and then the target is whatever accounts you're posting that to, like whatever expense accounts. With an invoice, your source, your balance sheet account, is your accounts receivable. And then the targets come from those lines of the invoice. With receive payment, your source is again accounts receivable, but in the receive payment, your target is whatever you're depositing it to, like your checking account. Then we have lots of exceptions with journal entries, okay? Because a journal entry doesn't have any sources. The journal entry is all targets. 
So no sources. You can have a balance sheet account in a journal entry, but it's a target. It's not a source. And so here's an example. When you look at a journal entry, this is that invoice that we had on the screen. So the invoice, the first line there you see is accounts receivable. That's your source line. Now this source information, the date, the transaction type, the number, and the name, those are, are part of the source, but on those targets, like for the rock fountain, the custom design, and the pump, the source data is also copied to those other ones. So this is showing you the journal entry, and you see the first line is your source. The others are your targets. But then when we go in and look at a report here where we're looking at like all the target detail, like for example, under design income, these are all the target lines. Notice how that source data is included, the date, the transaction type, the number, and the name. So it does pull that source information onto target reports when you're doing that. Okay, so that explains it a little bit to get you introduced to it. Now we're going to let our techie genius, Dan, <laughs> go into some more detail on yeah. um, some of these and, and special things there. So go ahead, Dan. Yeah, so, I mean, when I, when I think about it, you know, I, I look back at my career at Intuit, and reports is really what is why we do all the things that we do inside of QuickBooks in, in general. You know, you put in good data so that you get good reports. And I worked there for about five years until somebody told me about what source and target actually actually was. And when I actually sat down and and understood it and 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 really kind of uncovered what source and target actually is, reports just made a whole lot more sense to me. Because where this where this where the rubber hits the road here is that certain reports are source-based reports. And sometimes people want to see target information on a source-based report, and the report doesn't look like what you would expect it to. So when you really get down to it and understand source and versus target, then it gets a lot more um, explainable. At least when you're when you're trying to customize a report to get something that you that you really want to see out of that report. Uh, so in desktop, you're going to have um, you know, the journal entry itself, the top line of the journal entry in, in QuickBooks Desktop is going to be considered the source. And that plays a lot of havoc uh, when, especially on like cash basis reports inside of QuickBooks Desktop, uh, if you don't have the source be what it expects to see. So um, on the next slide, if you um, sometimes there's a workaround in inside of inside of QuickBooks Desktop where you leave the top line blank, and that will help QuickBooks with you know generating some of those reports because now there's no source and it's all it's all targets. Now when we compare that to QuickBooks Online, um, you know some of the requirements because they're all targets are are okay because you can have multiple AR or AP accounts on the same transaction, which in desktop is a big no-no. Um, but that's where a lot of those things get kind of pushed aside when you have, um, you know, the journal entry being all targets versus the top line being the source and the, the subsequent lines being, being the target. Um, so I think on the next slide we have, um, so what source and targets um, 
why they're important for for reporting so you have some some general source reports the balance sheet and all your ar and ap reports those are all source based reports uh, by default uh, so, so when you're filtering or looking for things that are targets in those kinds of reports then then you get data missing or not even there you know the worst base scenario is you run a report and it shows nothing <laughs> you know there's data in there, but now you've got nothing on a report. So you really can't tell anything about that. So um, this is where, why this is understanding this, this kind of concept is really important because when you want to advise your client, you get to be the hero or the goat <laughs> if, you're, if you're depending on the report that you're showing them. Uh, so understanding that the target reports are going to be your profit and loss. So that's that's really the big differentiator between, you know, when you think of what is a source report, balance sheet. What is the target report, profit and loss. And then you can kind of go from there as far as which report is which. And then there are some reports that look at both sides, you know, the source and the and the target and um, like the transaction detail uh, reports where it looks at both. And then you have to then use the filters to filter out the source versus the target based on the accounts that you want to look at. Oh, we can't hear you, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. I <laughs> muted myself so you didn't hear my typing. Um, oh. a, a good example of this and where it can get confusing for people is, you know, some of these construction clients, um, they're um, completed contract. And so in, when they have expenses for the job, it's not going to an expense account, but rather it's going to an asset account for work in progress. And so when they want to see like a job profitability report, typically that's pulling your targets, your income and expense accounts, but we want to filter then and change, like you said, that detail report, change the filter so it's not pulling expense reports, but it would pull all accounts so that you're getting the asset account for the work in process. So that's where sometimes things get a little confusing and you're like, well, how am I going to get this report? And I think that's where kind of understanding sources and targets can help you a little bit. And maybe that's not a good example, but that's one where, you know, I could think of where things came out weird and you run the report. And like you said here, it'll show no, no data on the report, but you know, there's data there and it's because you're, you're getting those wrong a little bit. Does that make yeah, sense? And, yeah. And the, um, you know the reporting itself is is two dimensional, right? So you're going to either have this this side of the transaction or the other side of the transaction. Um, if you have both sides, then your net of your transaction is zero because you've got your debits and your credits and and, and all of the accounting just washes itself out. But um, a lot of times, you know, people want a third dimension where it's uh, you know payments uh, linked to invoices, you know, that that sort of thing where, you, where you're crossing over a source over to a target of another of another transaction, that then is where QuickBooks kind of is limited. And then you kind of have to look at, you know, some advanced reporting or some other um, some other add on that would allow you to combine those those things together. So uh, that's the way and, I always explained it to people is that, you know, the, you've, you've got two dimensions on a report. If you want a third, then you're kind of kind of pushing the limits of, of what QuickBooks reporting can do. 
Right, and we've got some third-party apps to mention towards the very end. But, Dan, this this brings up something else, and, and maybe we should have put some slides in on this, but when you're talking about the sources and those being balance sheet accounts, um, understanding that you although you can run a balance sheet by class, it's not meaningful, but yet a balance sheet by location is meaningful. Do you want to explain some of the details on why that is? Why it doesn't work for classes, but it does for locations? Yeah, so um, especially in QuickBooks Online, um, when yeah. you're talking about classes, um, classes are only going to be defined in on targets. So even though you can have a preference inside of QuickBooks uh, Online to say you want to do one class per transaction, the class is only going to be allocated on the target side of the transaction. Uh, so the the source in this case is never classified, uh, even though the target is. Or you may see that the dropdown is at the top of the transaction and go, hey. <laughs> but then if you actually look at the transaction detail of that of that transaction, you'll see that class is blank for the source of that of that transaction. Now, uh, QuickBooks Desktop, the balance sheet by class will allocate that proportionately on on the on the report, the balance sheet by class, because there is no location. <laughs> uh, there, there's no concept of location in QuickBooks Desktop. Right. And in online, then you have the location, which kind of takes the place of the class classification of the source. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. Well, and 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 for those of you that want I don't more think I information, can myself. <laughs> well, but you're exactly right. So what, where people get confused, let's say I'm entering an invoice and I'm going to assign it to the class of you know class A, and because I put it in the source section of the invoice, I think that that means okay, that's working for accounts receivable on the invoice, which is the source. But it's not. It's not applying that. So I think the big takeaway here for people to remember, if you need a balance sheet, you want to use locations. You, you want to use location tracking with QuickBooks Online. And that's covered in the online advanced certification training materials, like in Module 1. So if you all want more information on class and location and sources and targets, go to the advanced training materials, Module one, I believe it is, on categorization. So, Dan, I got another question for you here. Sure. Then. Okay, so, and this is good to help people kind of think it through. So, let's say a customer paid you via credit card, and now we're going to do a refund on the credit card. So, can you tell them about the source and the target on that, on a refund on a credit card? So, if you're refunding the, the, the credit card itself? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, if you're just giving the money back, then you know, writing a, a refund check to accounts receivable to give, you know, to refund it back is is the easiest way to do that. But now you've got two balance sheet accounts on on the, the, that transaction. But that's what it's going and and uh, like we had you had talked before, the um, the target of that check is accounts receivable. So that's just Another aspect of all this is that now the balance sheet is a target, and QuickBooks is is understands a lot of that in most in most cases. Typically, where this is going to get confusing is those when you're dealing with balance sheet accounts that really shouldn't flow into a a, 
a, a cash basis reports like accounts receivable. <laughs> you know, right, if right. you're dealing with cash, then you know there really isn't a need uh, for for accounts receivable, and QuickBooks gets very confused with uh, you know <laughs> you're telling me one thing, but you're but you're showing me another. Um, yeah. So when you're using accrual based transactions in a cash basis reports, then then things get a little kludgy. Like for example, and one of the other things I wanted to bring up is, um, you know, accounting practices, you know, gap accounting practices say on a journal entry to put the debit first, right? <laughs> that's that's what you're taught. Well, right. that that debit being first is now going to be the source in in QuickBooks Desktop, and that may not be what you want for your reports. So just bearing that in mind that you've got. If, if you're doing debits first and that's now a what, what would consider to be a target, you know, um, now and especially on a cash basis, that's going to then play a little havoc. So uh, credit memos like where you're um, where you're giving a credit and you put accounts receivable as a target and then apply that credit on a cash basis report. QuickBooks goes, what the heck is that? And then <laughs> yeah, can put you can put your balance sheet out of balance. And that's like false advertising, right? He's like, hey, <laughs> this is a balance sheet. It and it doesn't balance. <laughs> so I think the lesson learned or the, the, one of the takeaways to remember, in QuickBooks Online, journal entries are always targets. Okay, so in QuickBooks Online, journal entries are always targets. In QuickBooks Desktop, leave the first line of a journal entry blank then all your lines are targets and you avoid some unexpected situations <laughs> with bugs i'll say you get you there's some <laughs> bugs with journal entries depending on what's on the first line so best practice just leave it blank i'm gonna go with nuance <laughs> nuances there you go i like that okay and so jerry had a comment about good good idea about using location rather than class for balance sheet breakdown now if only our reclassification tool worked for reclassing locations. Mm -hmm. Jerry, you're right. And that and in, in some of those situations, that reclass tool, you cannot use it for those transactions. That's where you might want to look at a third-party tool like C Data or some of these other ones. And that's some of the content that we cover in our master class. Um, so if you can get to one of those cities with the master class, we would love to have you join us. I, I there's a master class in each like area. We've got East Coast, West Coast north south kind of covered so we'd love to have you join us for some of those um and somebody said never knew that about je's and desktop yeah these je's and desktop with that top line it, it like if it if it is wait a minute dan we don't want to leave it blank because if it is blank and you see that on a report you can't drill down into it right didn't we say you should have a journal entry clearing account that you used on the top line so it wasn't totally blank to right. avoid that yeah, that's, that was the follow-up to that is um, you know Thank there was you. a workaround where you where you would just put everything uh, you know insert a blank line so that your source was empty uh, but then other that had other nuances <laughs> to nuances it. <laughs> <laughs> so putting right, some so kind of a, a clearing account at the top so yeah. that you do have a source and then QuickBooks is is much happier with that yeah very good. Okay, so hopefully this helped you all on sources and targets. And I know somebody said, hey, this is great that they'd never really learned that and stuff. So that, and that's why Dan thought it would be very good um, to share this information with you. So thank you guys and keep asking those questions. Um, and, and Dan, we got a couple in there that look kind of hard. 
Um, <laughs> so you're going to leave it to me. <laughs> I'm going to leave it to you. Is it possible to run the open bills report with a customer and job column? So an accounts payable report, open bills, with the customer and job column on it. Yeah, for that, you would have to be looking at the target, you know, because it doesn't, It um, what, what QuickBooks does is it copies the source information to the targets, but it doesn't take the targets to the source. <laughs> so that's why some of those reports are not gonna be what you what you want. So you'd have to be looking at the target information. So looking at the, the, the income and expense side of that, and then that's going to give you detail instead of the summary information. So bearing that in mind. So then you can use things like uh, group and total by, you know, f uh, features of, the, of those reports so that you can get the total or, you know, send it to Excel. Yeah. And I think that's really important. What you just said is let's say you run that report, then under the customization, you can group by or total by to get sub so so you get subtotals within all the detail there and a lot of people don't use that or they forget about yeah. that so that's a good call out on that and and then on top of that you can now uh, collapse a lot of those things so that uh, even if you show all the detail you can then uh, collapse them all and then you then uh, then ultimately have your summary that you're looking for yes Good. Okay, so let's talk now. Another thing that comes up quite a bit when I'm out training and I hear people ask this a lot, how do I control the order on my reports? What order these accounts are showing up in? How do I control that order? And so when you're working with QuickBooks Online, you can use account numbers or so if you're using account numbers, you set up the account numbers in the order you want them to appear on your profit and loss or your balance sheet or if, you, if you've not done that, what you can do is you can collapse the sub-accounts like Dan mentioned. See the drop-down right here next to income? I could, I could um, use that to collapse and get rid of all those sub-accounts. But in this example, I wanted to show you how, you know, a lot of us, we want to see the highest income number first. So in other words, landscaping services is our biggest dollar amount. A lot of times we want to see it from the largest dollar amount down to the smallest. So in that situation, what you'd want to do is up here, click on sort. So I've collapsed some individual sections here, or you can collapse the whole thing or expand it back. But then when you sort, so I had sorted it in descending order um, so that it goes from largest to smallest. Now, when you do this, it'll put your income accounts in the order that you want them in, but it's going to do that on the expenses as well. So they're going to be from largest to smallest as opposed to alphabetical order. So if you truly want to control your order, you need to use those account numbers with QuickBooks Online. But QuickBooks Desktop's a little easier. Dan, you want to explain that to him? Yeah, so the way that the accounts are going to show up in QuickBooks Desktop on the reports is based on the way that you sort them inside of uh, the chart of accounts directly. And you have this luxurious little diamond that's going to be next to uh, the name of the account that you can click, drag, move wherever you want um, on the on the chart of accounts, and once it's in that order, that's the that's the presented order on those reports. So, uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword because sometimes people sort them and put it in, put it in a specific order, and then they run the report and like, why is it out of order? You know, <laughs> or the order that I didn't expect, and it's because it's pulling directly from the way things are particularly placed inside the chart of accounts. Uh, right there. So you can use, you know, uh, account numbers as well. And then, 
you know, when you resort the list, it'll go in that order. Um, or you can customize and, and move move things around however you'd like. You muted yourself again. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. And I love that ability to just drag and drop the accounts because then we could put the income in the order we wanted, but yet have the expenses in like an alphabetical order or whatever. And so I I do wish QBO could do this dragging and dropping of, to rearrange your accounts. Um, so that's an area where I think desktop does have a plus. I do like that. So then the other thing we have is scheduling reports. And I'm just going to go ahead and pop into QuickBooks here and show you this. And let me go into QuickBooks Online here. So when you go into your reports, and you can schedule reports in desktop as well. Dan's going to talk about that in just a minute. So right now, I'm talking about um, QuickBooks Online scheduling reports. So let's say I've got a profit and loss. I can customize it. So you have to save the customization in order to, to put it in an, a scheduled email. So I don't have to do anything at all. I can just click save the customization, profit and loss, and I'll just say like two. You give it a little bit different name. You can add it to a group. Like you might want to have a group name called monthly uh, for your clients where you're going to send them monthly reports. And then you can also, when you save a customization, you can choose to share this report with everybody that has access to QuickBooks or nobody. And this is why sometimes you've got reports that you want to share with the owner, but you don't want to share them with all the employees. And so this is where you may want to schedule reports to be emailed out to the owner of the company or to a board of directors or to yourself. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But you're going to save your customization. Let me go ahead and save that. Then under reports, we will have some custom reports right here. Once you've clicked save customization, and remember all I did was change the name a little bit. But once you've got custom reports, that's when we're able to go out there. And you'll see here, I could export it, delete it, but I want to edit it. So I want to go edit it so it's not unscheduled. I want to schedule these things so that they can automatically be sent. So I turn on that I want to set the email schedule. What's your frequency? Maybe I want these to go monthly. And I want it to go on the, uh, let's pick a specific day, on the 10th day of the month. Now, I want you to notice it doesn't say do this on the 10th day of the month if you got all your work done, <laughs> if you've reconciled the accounts, if you've made any entries. It, it's going to do it whatever time frame you specify automatically. So you need to make sure that you're giving yourself enough leeway that you've reconciled the accounts and all this and that the reports are ready to go because they will automatically go. I can vouch for that. Um, so you enter the email information here. And then one of the best things about setting up these reports to email them is you can attach the report as an Excel file. And this is very helpful in a very specific situation. So, and I've got a slide for this, so I'll show you that. I'll talk about that in just a second. But you can attach it as an Excel file if you want. But once you save and close this, whatever reports you put in there, um, and you can put a number of reports in the group, all right, so you can do this for uh, groups or reports to send a bunch of them. Whatever you put in there, it will automatically create and email that report as specified. And I can tell you, Dan, I don't know if you knew this. I set one up. I was using a 30-day free trial when I was training in London, and I set it up, and I used my real email address. Oh. And so for a whole year, I kept getting an empty report every month. <laughs> but they, oh, no. they kept emailing me 
that report just like I scheduled it. <laughs> and, that, and that brings up a pretty good horror story about uh, about QuickBooks Online and, and scheduled reports. So um, if you want to go back, to, oh, well, you're, you're running a poll. I, I'm so. sorry. I launched a poll <laughs> while you were talking. That's, that's all right. I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> but uh, when you... So I'm trying to remember the, the the distinct sequence of events. So you you put in in QuickBooks Online, you put the email address on the schedule uh, to to go, right? Yes. Um, yes. So that email is recorded on the schedule. Now, if you delete that report, that schedule is still kind of in there, even though. Mm even though you, you've deleted the report, the schedule is, is still there. And what can happen sometimes is now you've deleted that, let's say one of those people should no longer receive that report. Right. <clears throat> It'll still send the report, even though they weren't, uh, they're not even a user on, in QuickBooks anymore. So when, before you delete a report, you wanna make sure that you delete the schedule first and then delete the report because when the report's deleted, it's gone. You can't go back in and, and edit the schedule anymore. So that's it's a, a very good tip, yeah. And that's especially true when people leave the company. Like if you're sending reports to the salespeople and somebody leaves, you want to edit that schedule to remove their email address. Or like if you set it up for a board of directors, and let's say they have a two-year term, you can specify an end date that this is goes through whatever the period is, you know, whatever the ending date is and then it stops you know but that is a very good point all right i'm going to go ahead and close the poll question and i'll just share it with you 45 percent of you um customize reports all the time 38 percent say yes 10 percent say no um that they their clients haven't asked for any and so we've got the vast majority of their um that are customizing reports for their clients. So I think that's awesome because this is a great way for us to add value for our clients is by customizing reports for them to help them learn um, more about their business and have better information. So back to scheduling those reports, one of the things I wanted to share with you, and this is a great tip, I use the Ask My Accountant account. And so what I'll do is I'll go in and customize that a year-to-date transaction detail for the Ask My Accountant account. So I want year to date and I want so I want to see all the activity for the year and I save it and I set it up to email to myself. And so that's helpful so I can see if my clients have things under ask my account that we have to deal with and, and figure out where they should be posted. Another way though that we can do this and I, I love this idea. I learned it from somebody out on the road show. I don't know who, but they also set up an ask my client. Because as we're going through the bank feeds and we're going through and we say, I don't know what this transaction was for and I'm not sure what this was for, we have questions for our client. So they created an Ask My Client account and they go through and they set the year-to-date the transaction detail for that account. They save the customization. They set it up to email to their client like maybe twice a month, once a week, however often. And they attach that report as an Excel file because then they have their client go in the Excel file and put in there what it was for, then the client can share that Excel file back with the accountant so you've got your questions answered. So I thought that was a great way to use um, scheduling reports and attaching that as an Excel report or an Excel file so that they could then add in there the answer on what that transaction was for. Now, Dan, would you like to talk about <laughs> scheduled reports for desktop? Sure, sure. And I wanted to add that there's a lot of uh, questions that are coming in about specific 
detailed reports. Um, Hector Garcia is actually doing a really deep dive in a couple weeks in his webinar series about QBO reports. So uh, that would be great to attend that you probably get a little bit out of that as far as, um, you know, these specific, you know, types of things that we're talking about with with reports. We're, we're kind of covering the, the surface and then Hector's going to take a, a deeper dive. Um, now, with re regards to scheduling reports in desktop, in 2017, I think was the uh, when this feature came out in in desktop. So it can do it, but there's a lot of buts. <laughs> um, you know, QuickBooks needs to know what time it is. is is really what what it boils down to. So you have to have QuickBooks running. Um, not more than one company file can be open. Um, for you accountants, if you've got multiple versions of, of QuickBooks, the same year's versions in, installed on the same computer, like QuickBooks Enterprise versus QuickBooks uh, Desktop Premier, uh, that can cause uh, some, some challenges if you're the one doing the, the sending. Um, computer needs to be on and not in sleep or hibernation mode. But again, QuickBooks needs to know what time it is, and it gets that time from the computer, not some global clock <laughs> um, like QuickBooks Online can do because, you know, it's everything's up in the cloud and it can use somebody else's computer to find out what time it is. Um, and then if you're using Outlook to send out the email, Outlook needs to be open. So um, that may pose a, a bit of a challenge with actually setting it up to do that. Um, and then there's other conditions like uh, user account control. Um, that's a Windows permissions thing. So uh, it can't have a warning because, you know, QuickBooks is, you know, without the without a user uh, or a person actually initiating it, uh, Windows detects that as something's going on <laughs> and I need to alert uh, the user about that. So if you have your user account control set to warn you when one, com one computer program is talking to another computer program, which, you know, sounds malicious. Um, it's going to warn you and then it's going to stop the whole process. Um, and then you also need to put a password on these, uh, you know, financial documents that are going to be sent out uh, out of out of QuickBooks. So there's a lot of new, uh, more nuances <laughs> with regards <laughs> to, to scheduling the reports. But you can it is something that you can do. And a lot of people didn't even realize that that you could. And, I, and put, I didn't. I didn't. So that's a good one. So Dan, so let me ask you this question because, you know, I, I remember when I was working with my clients and I wanted them to keep their computer turned on so that I could log in remotely, they can turn their monitor off. Oh, right? yeah. They don't have to have the monitor on all night, but they right. have to leave their computer on. And right. then so um, Donovan had a question. If we use Gmail to send the reports, do we also have to have Gmail open? Well, that's uh, with the enhanced security that you have with uh, setting up your webmail uh, for both Yahoo and, and, and Gmail. As long as you've established that ahead of time, then you don't have to because then QuickBooks has already been granted permission to Gmail. Um, obviously, it needs to see the Internet. So <laughs> that's right. another thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so another add on there is if, uh, you know, the, the router goes out or something like that, then that's going to stop it. Now, the good news is is that when the reports fail, because there's plenty of opportunity for that to happen in, in QuickBooks Desktop, you will get a, a notification about that uh, inside of QuickBooks. And I put the uh, article about uh, setting up and modifying uh, the schedule reports uh, so that you guys can um, look at that a little bit later, you know, and really 
kind of take a little deeper dive into that because into it is as itemized out all of those <laughs> all of those uh, nuances about the scheduling uh, inside a desktop so that you can really get a better understanding of how that how that feature actually works. But I would say this is an area where QBO is better than desktop. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got the there's, anywhere, yeah. There's different things back and forth on mm -hmm. them. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's a, that's a win for QuickBooks Online for sure. <laughs> but now we got a win coming up for desktop. So yeah. now let's talk about adding comments and notes to reports <laughs> because this is where sometimes you know we want to have comments that we're sending to our clients. You know, why is this so much? How come this is so low? What's going on here? You know, we might want to add notes to the clients or tell them, you know, like on small tools, this has been increasing. We need to pay attention to this area. You might have notes and insights that you want to share with your clients about things on the reports. So with QuickBooks Online, when you come over here and you run a report, so you can see I got an example of P&L, you'll notice up in the top you see the collapse, sort, and then add notes. So when you click add notes, you can type in notes to that. What it's going to do, it's going to show them at the very bottom of the profit and loss. And it doesn't necessarily say, you know, oh, I'm referring to bookkeeping services when I'm making this note. It just puts all your notes at the bottom of that report. So you would have to put bookkeeping services dash. Why is this up so much? Why is this, low? you know, whatever. Um, so you need to tell them what you're talking about. And again, all of those notes will go at the very bottom of that report when you create it. So there are notes in QuickBooks Online but they're better in desktop. So Dan, yeah. you want to share that with them? Yeah, so in um, when you comment on reports, um, this is where you can do that, ask your client. Um, when you go and, and start to comment uh, on the report, which is a button at the top of the report, you can just start commenting. It opens up the report itself, and then each particular line uh, has the ability to um, add a comment uh, to it. So if you have a question about design income, you can click uh, click in there and then it's gonna add add the comment specifically uh, for it. Um, and then, you know, further on down, if you have another, another question about another number, you can certainly add as many as you want on a per line basis. Now, what you can do after that is you can save it. There's a, now a list of commented reports. It's from the reports dropdown. There's a place that says commented reports. So you can always go back to the reports that you commented on. And then of course they can come back in uh, to their file and, and reply to that comment. So you can see the discussion, you know, right there on, on the report itself. Uh, which, at that which, point, would yeah. you like to go ahead and, because this is good information mm -hmm. and you've got some screenshots here, but do you want to go ahead and take control and um, yeah, show us in desktop how that works? And while you're doing that, while you're taking that, I'm going to answer a question here. Would be nice if QB Desktop and QBO software developers spoke to each other. Okay, so this is where, you know, everybody says, well, why can't they be the same? Why can't they work the same way? How come if they do one thing in desktop, they can't apply it to online? They are two totally separate platforms. The, the code, if you will, is totally separate. That would be like, Mac operating system is totally separate from a Windows operating system. They're not the same. They're not written the same. They're not coded the same. They're not the same. So it's not necessarily that the developers aren't talking to one another, but it's two totally different platforms. So you can't just copy and paste from desktop and put it into online or vice versa. Um, yeah. So that's... And, Go ahead, and also, also something to consider and think about 
is that, you know, QBO actually is um, 20 years old. And think of what the 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 internet was at that point. You know, there was one browser in there was one browser in town, and that was Internet Explorer. I mean, Internet Explorer. <laughs> um, you know, Google Chrome was not even you know a, consider, a consideration in Silicon Valley at that at that point in time. But there's a lot of things that were fundamentally created that are still there, uh, like for example, FIFO. You know, when once um, once reporting was, uh, or the inventory was added and they started with the whole FIFO calculation, uh, that is, you know, that's something that's pretty difficult to roll back, <laughs> um, you know, because now there's, you know, millions of, of company files that are, that are using that. What impact is that gonna have on existing? It's like changing the tires on a moving vehicle. Um, and then, you know, at some, some points in time, and you can kind of think back of, the history of, of QBO, there were like lines in the sand that were that were drawn. It's like, okay, we're going to revamp this this total thing, but it is, uh, you know, it's it's like, and, and I've, I think I've brought up this analogy before. The the code is like a ball of rubber bands, and you don't. You, sometimes you have to take back a few rubber bands in order to fix what's broken underneath. And then hopefully you don't break another rubber band in the middle of the ball <laughs> when you're putting it back together. So um, it is it is a, a pretty big fundamental challenge for a lot of uh, some of these things that, you know, when you look look at it, well, why can't it do just like like desktop? And that is certainly something that Intuit has already, you know, has always had a. Uh, you know, when you say that 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 that, that phrase of but in desktop. <laughs> uh, that's certainly something that they want to close the gap on, you know. But it's yep. how do you do that while while you while people are using it and uh, not impact, you know, the prior you know the prior people using it as well. So okay. we're go ahead. Yeah. So okay. So so go ahead and show the notes. And while you're showing the notes in the comments, somebody asked if you can copy the same notes, copy or include the same notes on more than one statement without retyping? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I, I'd have to double check on that one. Uh, but here in the reports dropdown, you have this uh, commented reports. And this will give a list of everything that is that that was previously saved uh, with, uh, with, with comments on it. So uh, you can bring up the report um, from the list itself. Uh, you can edit the commented report or just delete it if you're done with it. Um, and then, of course, display it, print it, or email it to your client. Uh, I'm going to have to double check on uh, commenting <laughs> commenting between reports, but, um, you know, you certainly... Well, I think you could always just do the plain old copy and paste. I don't know that it yeah. saves your comments somewhere where you could... Yeah. Whole frequently made comments or something, but you could definitely copy and paste it. Yeah. So you can cop. You know, you'd have to edit it and then copy it from there and then paste it into your other report. So we do have a question because you went straight into commented reports. Can mm -hmm. you show them how to start creating comments so they have oh, yeah. a commented report? Yeah. So let's uh, let's just bring up a, a balance sheet. And then we have this button up here at the top, comment on report. There's not much on this report to comment on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they get the idea. That's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was looking for the button, not even the detail. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on the uh, the button on the top, comment on report, then that's going to bring up a new window that now that report can be can be commented on. So then every uh, it looks like a box, but it's actually like a a comment bubble. So then and when the you thing click I on love, that, yeah, the thing I love about this is it numbers them too. So next to the line, it'll say one. And then they can go see the comment for one and number. So I love how it's linked to that actual amount on the report to the notes. You know, QBO doesn't do that as well as mm -hmm. desktop does right here. Right. Win for desktop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like, I, I like that. I wish QBO would do that mm -hmm. so that you can specifically have it, you know, linked to whatever account you're talking about. Right. Exactly. And then when you're done with that, then you can uh, print it or save it. And then you then adds uh, what you want to call it, and then now that's added to the commented reports uh, list, which is again uh, uh, from the dropdown uh, here at the, the reports. And David hmm. shared a great example. If you have standard comments, put them into a document so you can copy and paste it into the report. That's mm -hmm. a great tip. Very good. Um, and somebody said in QBO regarding the comments, where's the link to add a line to the notes? Um, Dan, can you pop back over to the slides? Because there's, there's a slide that shows you that in QBO. Let's see, that's gonna be another screen over here. Thank you, Dan. Yep. And uh, yeah, so down oh, a couple, oh. down. Down, this one? down. Nope. Keep going. There, right there. Back up one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right there. See, see at the top of the report, you have collapse, sort, and then you have um, notes. So that's where you click in QuickBooks Online on a report, and it's gonna, it's gonna just put all the notes at the bottom of that profit loss. In this example, it's a P&L report. So it'll do the whole P&L report, and then it's got like a line going across, and then the notes will be down at the bottom. And you can test that out in um, like the sample company, Craig's. Um, but that, that's where, how you do it in QuickBooks Online, whereas that's where Dan was showing you, you can do it line by line in QuickBooks Desktop when you're commenting. And then this is a great question from Lorraine. How do your clients know, uh, then know to review these reports with the comments? Dan? Um, oh, well, like, you mean like emailing them? <laughs> well, okay, so you put these comments out there. Mm -hmm. Now you have these commented reports. How do your clients know to look at that? Well, I assume you're sending them to them. Yeah, yeah. So the, all the commented reports in desktop can be emailed. Uh, you can email the commented reports to them. Uh, or they can come back into the commented reports themselves and answer directly as as comments. But that's only that's if you're sharing a desktop file somehow. Right. Like if you're on Right Networks or if you're using a, a something like QBox or something to share the desktop file. Right. Right. Otherwise, if you're actually you in their file. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're yeah. working in a copy and you're you're sending that, uh, then that's where the comments are going to come in when, when you email them to them. Right. So they, they can go and look right at commented reports and see mm -hmm. which ones you had comments on. And then yeah. Patricia wants to know, can you get the notes to print out? The notes in, are we talking QBO or? Um, on both. Well, like when you, 
with QuickBooks Online, when you print the report, the notes are at the bottom. Same thing with your uh, notes and comments with desktop. Those show at the bottom of the report as well when you print it. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. But you also have the little number next to it in desktop okay. reports. I've got too many things up in front of my QuickBooks <laughs> at the moment. But, I'm yeah, going to go ahead and launch another poll question real quick while you're figuring that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys use the Ask My Accountant account for your clients or something similar? And again, this is very handy when your clients are, let's say, they're the ones that are trying to add and match and, and deal with the bank feed and they have questions for you like, I bought a truck, I'm not sure where to post it. And that's where I would tell them so that you can keep going and get done with your work and, and do all the transactions for the day, go ahead and post it to an Ask My Accountant account. Whenever you don't know what to do with it, put it there. That way I know where to go and look for it. But I don't like to log into everybody's company in QuickBooks Online and run the report to see if there's anything out there. So that's where I send myself the year-to-date detail of the Ask My Accountant account so that I can monitor that without logging in and running all those. And uh, Deborah says she uses Uncat Expenses as Ask My Clients, and she has clients use Ask My Account to Ask Me. And then Joanne says, I use Ask My Client with Excel attachment, it works like a charm. That's great, thank you guys. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and close that, and 55% of you said definitely you use the Ask My Accountant, 22% said sometimes, and 19% said no, that you do not use that. And okay. Then, uh, so what I did was I, I went to go print the report to answer the question. Mm -hmm. So here I have it up on the screen as the print preview. So this was what would be what actually would be printed if we were sending it to them. It does have the notation of the one and the two, you know, wherever you did comment. Um, and then on the subsequent page uh, at the bottom, those the actual comments are printed out as well. Thank you. Okay, Dan, do we want to go on and can you go ahead and go to the next slides and let's talk about the, the lists and quick reports? Sure. Yeah. All right. Okay, so, so yeah, you go yeah. ahead, your desktop, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in uh, customizing columns on lists, so any lists uh, that you have in, in QuickBooks Desktop, uh, you have this uh, option to customize any columns that are there. So if you right click, um, either if you're in the customer center, the vendor center, or any list itself, you can right click on the any of the column headers, like uh, in this case, name, um, and then you'll have an option to customize the columns, and that's gonna bring up another window that will allow you to, to insert any particular co available column. Um, you can add it to the, the chosen uh, column side and then move it up or down so that you can then um, you know see it how you want. And then when you're on the centers, you can just hit print, and then that will print that customer center as the way those columns happen happen to be. Now, you, of course, can go into the, the customer list report or the contact list report and filter your, com, uh, your columns as well or display the columns that you want there. But this is an easy way to do it just right from uh, any particular list, really. So back in QuickBooks very, Online. Very good. Yeah, go, go ahead, you can keep talking. <laughs> okay, uh, so in the uh, in QuickBooks Online, it works a little bit different. You have another gear uh, in the upper right of the of the list that you're looking at, and that will give you the available columns uh, to show. 
and once those columns are, are shown then you can uh, click the PDF uh, button or print it from there and then it will it will print that report right from there now with desktop uh, one thing that we uh, that we have is you can run uh, quick reports uh, directly in in those any list so if you're on the item list and you want to choose a, a particular item you can select that item and then choose a, a quick report and then it will give you just the transactions that dealt with that particular item uh, which is very helpful when you're trying to see well when you know when was this actually used uh, the thing about quickbook or quick quick reports rather is uh, a lot of them don't total so you're just going to get a detail of everything that's in there but you may not get the actual total of those reports so that uh, of that report so then you got to send it to excel if you actually want to total up that report or go to another report and filter specifically for that item that does total and one of the nice things that I might just add is when you're in your customer list, you can you can click on the columns and choose which columns you want to be included, let's say like emails or attachments, so that then you can see a report that you might want to send to your client says, hey, the, uh, you send the report to Excel, and then you might say, okay, these are the clients that we're missing email addresses from, or these are the vendors that were missing their 1099 ID, their tax ID number for 1099. So, you know, the thing I wanted to make sure people knew is that when you're in the customer center, or the vendor center, or whatever, and you're looking at this list, you can customize the columns on that and use that for a report as well um, to see things and stuff like that. You know, not all the reports are going to be in the report center. You can get reports on some of the lists and within the, the centers and things. Yeah. Great thing about QuickBooks is it's very flexible. The bad thing about QuickBooks is it's very flexible. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. All right. And then there's one more slide there on the quick reports, like let's mm -hmm. say on an account or a product or service item. Because I know in QuickBooks Desktop, I used didn't I right-click on it, and then you could say quick report, and it would give you the detail yeah. of that account or that item. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. in QuickBooks Online, you have to go into that list, either the product or services list or the chart of accounts. And over on the right, you click on that drop down, and that's where you can find run report, which is the equivalent of that quick report like we used to do in desktop. Right. Or, the, you know, everybody loves key, uh, keyboard shortcuts in desktop. Yeah. Control Q uh, will yep. run the, the quick report. <laughs> Which, by the way, we do have keyboard shortcuts in QuickBooks Online. I don't think there's one for the Quick Report, no. um, but there are keyboard shortcuts. If you Google long for success keyboard shortcuts, you'll find a blog post with all of those on there. You know, Dan, I'm still amazed how many people don't know the date shortcuts. Like yeah. P for today, Y for the <laughs> beginning of the year, R end of the year. All of those are in that blog post. So go check that out, long for success keyboard shortcuts. Yep. and um, so one of the things, too, Dan, that I, I want to make sure we share with people is, you know, Dan and I, like he said, we're giving you some of the basics and some of the intro type of tips and stuff, and Hector's going to be doing more advanced reporting coming up soon. But then also we wanted to let you know, sometimes you have clients that just want to go way beyond, like Dan mentioned, the two-dimensional aspect of reporting, and they want to get additional. Like let's say you've got a client that has, you know, all these different, let's say it's a franchise, and they have 50 different locations, and some of them are using desktop, some are using online, some might be using another, you know, accounting system. Something like Covinci, 
will allow you to consolidate all of those, desktop and online and others, consolidate them into one. And like with Covenci, you can actually run a report that says, I want to compare sales for restaurants with a drive-through, sales for restaurants without a drive-through. You can really get in slicing and dicing and getting into lots of details with something like Covenci. And also the new Fathom, I guess it's not that new, but Fathom, is now included with your QBO Advanced subscription. Fathom allows you to track and monitor key performance indicators and just do some great reporting and charts and things that are just amazing what you can do with them. So there's a lot of different reporting apps that are available out there. One of the questions I did have for you all is, would you like to learn more about Covinci, which again allows you to consolidate as well as tracking KPIs and you have a whole dashboard for monitoring your clients. Would you like to learn more about Covinci or, and other reporting apps? Is this something that, that you'd like to see us do in the future? Um, and then somebody says, can we get access to Fathom as a QB Pro Advisor accountant or only if our client has an advanced subscription? So that's a great question, Donna. In Fathom is included with QBO Advanced. So it's included in the price of your advanced subscription. However, if you've got QBO Plus that you're using for a client or you're using for yourself, Fathom is a third-party app that you can add on to it. So it's an additional subscription price for the Fathom app. So you can add Fathom to these different versions of QuickBooks Online. It's just included in your subscription with the advanced versus paying for it um, in addition to your QBO subscription with other ones. So I hope that works. And somebody says I have a typo on Covinci on the slide. I apologize. I am so sorry. And um, so hopefully that helped. Yeah, the, um, uh, the firm books inside of your, your QuickBooks Online accountant, even though it says QBOA, it's actually QBO. Plus, <laughs> it's not QBO. The A doesn't stand for advanced in that case. <laughs> yes, and, and that's a good point. You know, the your books is your QBO Plus subscription that you use for your firm. So, and, and I just point out when you run reports, you know, obviously you're running it on your own company, but when you're in QBOA and you type in the search box up at the top, it's searching your books. Um, so, just to help clarify that too. Um, so somebody said for QB enterprised users, memorized reports can be organized by user. Think memorized group. That way we can offer reports tuned for specific users or teams. Well, that is a call. great tip. Yeah, thank you, Steve. That's a good tip. I will just put a little dot to share it with everybody. <laughs> um, and this is great. Somebody says I'm starting my first advanced client next week. What training should I go to first? That depends. <laughs> so you say advanced client. Do you mean they're using QBO Advanced? Um, if you're not certified yet, you should do the core certification. Then there's the advanced certification. Then we have master classes, which is great, Dan. If you just want to go, do I have an upcoming event slide, I think? I think so, yes. Right. Yeah, there you go. So where do I start? <laughs> this is kind of your order. If you're brand new to QuickBooks Online, start with the intro. And that's available online. Remember at QB training events, there's online webinars every month, or you can do things um, self-paced training for free. It's free to join the ProAdvisor program, so hopefully you guys have done that. 
Um, but do the intro first, then do your core certification, advanced certification, and then consider joining us for some of these more advanced classes and workshops as well. And a, um, a, a small call out about the word advanced. <laughs> yes, um, please. <laughs> so, so there's advanced certification, but is not advanced QuickBooks. So the advanced certification is uh, QuickBooks advanced topics, not the not the concepts of what's in QuickBooks Online Advanced. So very good clarification. Chicken, chicken before the egg. Uh, <laughs> The advanced yeah, certification came first, and then yeah. QuickBooks Online Advanced came after to just confuse everybody. <laughs> well, and it's just like, you know, with QuickBooks Desktop, you know, Enterprise was just like the other Pro and Premier versions, just with more bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it is with QBO Advanced. Is you, It's just got more bells and whistles and more user permissions, more list capabilities. It's, it's just more robust than QBO Plus. It's the same basic engine, same basic, just with more features and more functionality and more capabilities there. So um, hopefully that helped. <laughs> Lynn says there aren't very many trainings listed on the website. So when you go to that website and you click on live events, go in and look like core certification and then look for which city you're at or vice versa. Click your city to see what's near you. You got to click and drill down. It doesn't just list them all out in one big long list. So you got to click and drill into some of that. And I'm going to go ahead and save that last poll question. Very good, Dan. Over 97% learned hey. something new today. Um, and then Joanne said, I'd love to attend a master class, but I don't see them listed in the events. I thought they were by invitation only. I don't think they are, Joanne. Um, I know some of the advanced pro advisors get discounts on them and things. Um, but if you're really, really interested, send me an email and I'll have somebody get in touch with you. Um, and somebody says, great review of reporting. It reminded me of tools I haven't used in a while. Oh. That's what we were hoping. <laughs> That's what we were hoping. And then um, anything else, Dan, that you'd like to say or add? No, I just uh, again reports is is what is where you bring value. Getting getting a good report and uh, being able to then uh, dissect those those tea leaves <laughs> and uh, interpret what they what they actually mean to your client. And and they they may look at their own report as well. But creating those reports and giving them good data back, you know, that's that's the the feedback marker so that they can make informed business decisions based off of that. That's what reports are all about. And that is a very good point, Dan. That's what it's all about. And that's, that's our adding value for our clients and helping our clients understand what's in the reports. So I think that's a very good comment to end on, Dan. So thank right. you very much. <laughs> and thank you all for joining us for another QB Power Hour. We'll see you in the Facebook group and hope to see you back in two weeks uh, when we'll be doing another live QB Power Hour. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.